Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast brought to you by Blue Water Climate Control. Check them out at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate. Some good questions in the mailbag this week. We're going to jump right into them and get to it. I'm joined by Austin Price, Jesse Simonton, and Rob Lewis. The whole gang's all here, and we've got questions for everybody. I'm going to start with Vols1024. Give your thoughts on DB recruiting. No need to speculate on current commits, but talk about the priority of taking corners and safeties and who those targets are. Um, Jesse and, and Austin, the, the corners board seems to be a little bit evolving. You know, there's some names out there, maybe some new names, uh, Austin, that are, that are popping up on that corner board a little bit. Feels like the priority is at corner, not at safety for what's left in this class. Agreed or, not, or no? Oh, I 100% agree because I think a lot of the guys that are in the secondary in this class Tennessee views in, in a safety form anyway. So, um, you know, Terion Arnold obviously is right there at the top of the list. Tony Grimes would be at the utmost top of the list. But Tennessee, again, seems so far away there. I don't, I just don't, I don't think they're at this point a realistic option for Tony Grimes. But again, if you're Tennessee, the best place for Tony Grimes is where he's been recently getting predicted to, and that's North Carolina because that, it don't, that one don't hurt you if he goes to, to Chapel Hill. Um, elsewhere, you had the piece on Christian Charles, kid out of Atlanta, plays quarterback there for his high school. Kid that, you know, um, you know, has got really pretty good ball skills, has good speed. And then Dylan Merrill out of Alpharetta, a kid that plays running back there for Josh Dobbs on the line. Um, another option at, at corner that I see Tennessee, you know, taking a swing at. And, uh, you know, the biggest question really just across the board, not just for these corners, is, is when do they get to come to campus? Because you know, it, how, when will recruiting officially open back up? Will it even open up for the season, Brent? I mean, if there's no fans on campus, then there might not be any recruits on campus. So, I mean, this this fall is going to be wild in just how they how all this transpires. Which is why watching some of the senior tape is because the in-person evaluations are going to be so limited. Whether it's just seeing a guy and, and sizing them up when they come to your camp campus to see if they're actually six four versus. 6'1", 300 pounds versus 320, um, But for these – You don't think they'd budget by three inches, do you? <laughs> I think some of these guys – Yeah, I think you see some of these profiles. They change pretty good. Uh, hey, my driver's license says I'm 6'2". <laughs> exactly. So, so, I mean, there's a guy like the, the, the uh, Chapel kid from Philadelphia. You know, Tennessee's been able to see him, but they haven't really seen that kid play, Tyreek Chappell. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, Osavet likes, but you know, where is he, where does he fall on Tennessee's board? I think he falls in that category kind of further down. That's, Hey, we need to kind of see some, some more senior tape here, but for a lot of positions all over, I think that's going to be kind of a constant theme because the lack of information is so sparse. All right, let's go to 19 vol 70. A few schools are openly discussing their plans for game attendance this fall. When would you expect the UTAD to announce their plan for fan attendance before the season starts, game week of each game? Are you hearing anything from the athletic department about an attendance plan, or do you have a hunch which way the AD is leaning regarding attendance? I thought Ray Tanner, Rob Lewis, had the best quote of anybody yes, yesterday. I 100% agree with this. I, I love this quote. He said, any answer I give you right now is not a good answer, which means it's just too early to say. I know everybody wants to know what the plan's going to be, if you're the athletic department, Rob, you have to have multiple plans. But, but you cannot say on May the 29th how many people are going to be in your stands come September. Yeah. I spoke to somebody yesterday who's been involved in some 
in, in some meetings, a lot, a lot of conference calls at, at, at UT, and it's just, I mean, it's exactly just what, what you said with the Ray Tanner quote. Nobody knows right now. I mean, I, I, I anticipate there will be some fans in the stands. I don't think there's going to be 102,500 in the stands. Um, and I, the people I'm talking to don't think there's going to be 102,000 fans in the stands. But I think there will be fans. It's just nobody knows what it's going to look like right now. And I, and I think that's going to be an ever-evolving theme. I would say August is when we'll know. And, and that's going to put season ticket holders in a bind. And it's going to be, you know, people have to be creative and people are going to be frustrated. You know, how, how, who, who, who is going to get season tickets? Is it going to be 25,000 people that get season tickets? Is it going to be 50,000 people that get, you know, three, three games each, you know, what's, what, what's that going to look like? That, that, there's a lot to figure out. And I mean, people are going to have to adapt. And as a follow-up, I mean, Tennessee hasn't even released its protocol for what they're doing for the players yet. So the idea that the fans are going to, you know, get said information, that, that's that's going to definitely come down the line. Uh, while other SEC schools are, are, you know, kind of outlining exactly, you know, the TikTok of whether or not they're testing, um, what their, you know, protocol is going to be, that, that information has not been released and may not be released by Tennessee, so. Well, and I, I thought the Iowa State move yesterday or earlier this week was a little bit of a marketing ploy, you know, of saying, hey, we're not going to sell single game tickets, you know, um, so you better get your season ticket. The season ticket holders are going to be the only ones that are going to go to games. So that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a sideways marketing ploy for some, uh, for some season ticket sales. Texas and fast cash. A little fast cash. And their Texas announced yesterday. The state of Texas announced 25% attendance for pro sports effective, you know, immediately. That's not necessarily for the fall. So, you know, we'll have to see. There's a lot of just variables out there. What do you do with tailgating? What do you do with luxury boxes? Just so many things that everybody's having to deal with. And, and right now, um, it's just too early to say, you know, what those numbers could or could not look at. And I think it's not unrealistic to say that it may be August, early August, before you get any kind of answer at all. Let's go to volunteer 87. Is there a top off the field assistant in terms of reputation at UT? I know there's quite possibly a few that have the same title and pay, but similar to Osvet and Felton in recent memory, is there a guy that potentially is on the verge of being a position coach at a power five program? Unless I'm forgetting some names, it would seem like we've toned down our pursuit of West coast guys compared to Pruitt's first two classes. Is that by coincidence or do you think they feel like their time is better spent in the Carolinas, DMV, et cetera? I'm going to take the latter part of that question first. I think part of the, the, the West Coast deal is you can't get them on campus. They can't come visit. You can't go visit them. And so I, I think that you can get a lot of kids on the phone who will tell you that they're really interested, but how do you know that they're really interested? I, I think when you're looking at recruiting closer to home, I think it's easier because at some point you're going to be able to get them on campus uh, for sure. Uh, I, I think with the West Coast stuff, you know, it takes the right personality to, to make that trip all the way across the country and move here and go to school like Henry T's doing. you got to know that somebody's committed to doing that. And I just think without going out and sitting in somebody's living room or sitting in a coach's office with them or, you know, really getting to know them, it's hard to say, hey, I'm going to invest all my time in a West Coast kid um, because he's going to really go all, all the way across the country to that. In terms of 
I guess he's asking Jesse and Austin guys behind the scenes, maybe off the field coaches who are not moved into that role yet. Are there some guys, you know, kind of groomed out there? I think Kevin Simon's a guy who would like to get a coaching opportunity at some point in time. I don't know if that'll happen at Tennessee, but I think that's a guy who's on the, the radar that would like to get. I think Cheney's got a couple of offensive assistants, Jesse, that may on further down the line be a potential full-time position coach. But I think Jeremy Pruitt would like to keep this staff together because I think after three years, he's got it kind of where he wants it right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, Derek Ansley has, you know, his guy, Jeremiah Wilson, who's followed him, you know, at a couple spots. And, and so uh, the names may not have kind of the cachet of the Montario Hardesty's and the, you know, um, Joe Osabets of recent years, but they still have their, you know, cadre of, of army of, you know, men off the field that the hope for those guys is, you know, they put in the good work and they grind for several years. And whether the opportunity presents itself at Tennessee or not, the hope is that they eventually land an on-field role somewhere. All right, let's go to Vol Rocker. Where's Tennessee with Leland Taylor? I know he made his top five, still trending well with Peyton Page. Who are the three most realistic interior defensive linemen, Taylor Page and T.I.D.? Leonard Taylor, um, you know, I think Tennessee's in it. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't call them the – prohibitive favorite or the lean or any of that. Um, I don't think he's very close to doing anything. Um, talking to Ingram Dawkins earlier this week, um, I think Tennessee's still in a really good spot there, but he wants to take some visits. LSU has emerged, and obviously their history with defensive linemen um, on the whole is something that impresses him. Um, I'm surprised Auburn's not gotten in the mix here more heavily uh, for, for a guy like uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. And so uh, we'll be interested to see if they are a team that, you know, emerges, you know, the longer he plays this thing out. But, you know, I still think Tennessee, as far as proximity, as far as comfort level, the fact that he likes Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ansley, and the staff a lot, all that plays uh, into Tennessee's favor. I don't think he goes to South Carolina. That's my opinion as of now. Uh, obviously, it could change. But as we sit here, as uh, we approach the month of June, I, I just don't think that he ends up staying in the state. I think that uh, – you know, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, and maybe somebody else comes comes for him hard and he ends up leaving the state of South Carolina. Um, and then Peyton Page, I like where Tennessee's at here. I mean, I don't think that it, it's done by any stretch of the imagination, but I also know that Tennessee, you know, four to six weeks ago was, you know, you know, kind of well behind Clemson, more even with North Carolina. I think North Carolina's out at this point. I think they've kind of fallen – uh, on a, on hard times and Peyton Page's recruitment. And, uh, you know, the spin is on that, you know, they're going in a different direction. And so it's Tennessee Clemson. And the longer he plays things out, I, don't, I think if he doesn't commit to August, which is I think probably, you know, late July, early August, I think Tennessee's in a good spot. All right, let's go to um, the next question here, Rob, for you. Looking more and more like NBA Combine Draft will begin Post-August, if so, Pons will have to decide whether to return without any in-person evaluation opportunity. Will he be back if that is indeed the case? How does, how does this thing play out for Eves Pons and all these underclassmen looking for the draft with no pre-draft combine or anything like that? I mean, I, people that I'm talking to think that Eve is coming back. There's no, there's no guarantee that, that that's the case. I mean, I, he's getting feedback from people. And – from what I have heard, the feedback is that he's a, a, a fringe second-round prospect. You know, I don't 
that that doesn't mean you know that, that it's a lot that he comes back. I mean, he can take a flyer. I mean, you know, he, he's he's from France. I mean, if it does if he does get picked, I mean, he he signs with a, a team in the Euro League, you know, like that if that's what he wants to do. But Tennessee feels like he's coming back. You know, as you mentioned, the, the time frame. If he if he doesn't come back, that, I mean, that puts Tennessee in a bind. I mean, there's you're not going to be able to if he decides, you know, August fifteenth that that he's going to take his chances. Tennessee's down a significant piece of the roster, and they're they're not going to be able to replace it. So it's 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 a weird situation. But right now, right now, I expect Eve to be back, but that's not written in stone. All right, let's go to LF Vol. Uh, as we try to get faster overall, is there a concern about adding too many hybrid wide receiver tight end types? between the 2020 class and 2021 commitments. Austin, you've also said that Tennessee's all in on Ty Simpson for 22. He's consistently said he wants to be the only quarterback in his class. Uh, is Tennessee still all in there for Ty Simpson? Jesse, I'm going to start with you. Concern about the body types Tennessee's taken, too many hybrid guys at receiver tight end bodies? Potentially. Um, I think in the best-case scenario, you land a bunch of guys that can be like a Kyle Pitts type, you know, uh matchup nightmare a la you know at florida the inverse of that though is that and this is not necessarily to besmirch princeton fan but fans had just had a hard time finding a home you know and and he kind of profiles similar to these guys now tennessee would then say hey we think these guys you know in, in our system we can utilize them better uh, perhaps there's a bit more explosiveness there from some of these guys uh, but I understand the concern because, you know, you, you do – you know, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, when your receiver room, you kind of want it to look like a basketball team. You know, you want, you want it to be a little bit different. You don't want everybody to kind of be looking the same. Um, but, again, Tennessee's banking on these evaluations, and some of these evaluations may change, you know, between now and the next uh, six, six months, you know, depending on how these senior season unfolds. So. Yeah, and, and i tell you what, continuing to look at evaluation, the Rock Taylor kid, I just I, – I, I, I think that's one Tennessee's going to have to fight to hold on to because I think as people continue to look at that one and he plays this fall, I think his stock's going to really soar. I, I think that's one that when Tennessee took him, nobody knew who he was, but everybody's going to know fully what he can do here in, in this fall because I, I just like his game a whole lot. Austin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag – uh, 423 Volunteers question in here in regards to Ty Simpson. He also wanted to know, with JT Daniels off the board, does Simpson, Simpson jump in the boat soon? Any early guess or knowledge on how the staff is going to handle a complicated year for quarterback recruiting in 22 with Simpson, Caden Martin, Braden Davis, Sam Horn all out there who all have ties to Tennessee? Dad's played at Tennessee. Parents, parents went to Tennessee. They grew up liking Tennessee. It is a bit of a, a, a convoluted year in, in the class of 22 because these guys don't want to sign two or three deep at the position. Where are they with Simpson? Is that, their, is that the marquee all-in, you think, right now? And how do you manage it with these other guys? Well, I, I think that ultimately, you know, Tennessee is, is, is going to wait on Ty Simpson. And uh, I don't – you know, as long as Ty Simpson does something by late October – you know, early November, I think that, you know, he'll be in before these other guys get in. It really, to me, when I look at the quarterback position, you know, the Eli Stowers kid, he's been committed to A&M for going on a year. I mean, he committed, what, late June, early July last year. 
Brock Vandergriff, much kind of the same way, Brent. I mean, like, while he flipped his commitment, it was kind of a seamless transition that he just went from committed to Oklahoma to committed to Georgia. So, I mean, he's been off the board realistically for, you know, uh, going on a year. But a lot of these other guys wait till you know, in that November, December time frame. Uh, Tennessee's going to wait on Ty Simpson. He's the number one bar spot on their board. And, and I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. I think that they really covet Ty Simpson watching him throw last year uh, when he was over for camp. Um, you guys were there. I mean, it was an impressive show from a kid that was, what, or, you know, almost 16 years old at the time. I mean, it, you know, watching him kind of – he's just polished. He's very articulate. He handles himself extremely well. Um, he does, I think, got a little moxie to him that, you know, yeah, he wants to be the guy. You know, I mean, that's not a cockiness. I think it's more just a confidence and – you know, he, he wants to be the leader. I mean, he wants to be the guy that, you know, rides in on the horse and, you know, and, 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 you know, plays well. So, um, you know, I, I think Ty is a guy that, you know, just is coveted by a lot of schools. LSU spending a lot of time with him. Auburn spending a lot of time with him on Zoom the last several weeks. But I think Tennessee is all in on Ty Simpson. To me, he's the top guy on their board. And uh, I don't think it's really close at this point. But Jesse, as long as Ty Simpson remains, on the board uncommitted, and, yeah. and, and uncommitted, you, you, if you're Tennessee, you better continue to recruit Caden Martin and, and Brandon Davis and Horn and other guys out there that you like as well, as long as he's not in the boat, right? You have to. I mean, you can't, you can't put all your chips in, in, in that one basket. But uh, as Austin just clearly outlined, I mean, it's, uh, unequivocally, Ty is, is kind of the guy in, in 22. But how long Tennessee can kind of, you know, play chicken there, um again th there's not pressure right now it's 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 with the end of may beginning of june uh if ty simpson is is still you know flirting or, or still in, in you know i shouldn't say flirting but it's still uh entertaining the idea of of, of going to auburn or going to lsu by by october november then, then tennessee might be in some trouble there all right uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, my thing is, is like I, he's going to take visits. I think Ty Simpson would have come off the board sometime this summer had COVID not been in play. But, you know, when you kind of have a game plan and you want to see a X number of schools more and, you know, I don't, I don't – I think you can't come off that game plan. And the fact that his dad's the head coach at UT Martin, I think also gives him a resource as far as, you know, kind of getting – you know, opinions from his dad and, and you know and talking to some people I think they would love to get through the junior year and just you know see how you know he responds and we all expect him to have a huge year out there um at Westview so um you know I, I think that you know again I think the more likely is and I know what he told Eric Kane earlier this week that he feels close but I think that it, it slows down and he'll take some visits this fall and, and play this high school season out and then do something but, again, uh, it's recruiting. You could change. Yeah, certainly could. All right, Rob, back to you for a little hoops here. Any word on how the recent virtual visit went with uh, Chandler uh, Kennedy and uh, – or Kennedy Chandler? Which of the highly rated prospects does Tennessee have the best chance with? Is Barnes targeting the highly rated kit at Cane Ridge in the 22 class? Um, Kennedy – I know Tennessee Zoomed with Kennedy just um, yesterday. So, that, that's – I don't know if that's the virtual visit that the – Poster is mentioning, but if so, that's some that's some pretty pretty rapid information they, they got. I know that Rick and uh, a couple of assistants were, were zoomed with Kennedy yesterday. I mean, I, I just 
people I'm talking to, it sounds like Tennessee's a really good spot with him. I, I don't, you know, he's, he's from Memphis. You always worry about that, but I almost get the feeling that Memphis was included in the top five, like as a courtesy, just so the kid and his family didn't, you know, catch a bunch of flack from, from their neighbors, from, you know, from, from classmates. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I think Tennessee's in a good spot there. I really do. But, I mean, you just can't call that a laydown when, when the other four are Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, you know, just at, at hometown. I, I don't think he's going to Memphis, but Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, that's – I mean, that, you're swimming with sharks there. So, I, I think – I think that one's – I think he's going to take his visits. I mean, I don't think he's going to decide early. And um, what was the other question? Oh, uh, the kid at Cane Ridge. Oh, yes. The the sophomore kid – I forget his name. But, yes, Tennessee going hard. All right. Let's go – Going hard. Let's go to Vol I Am. Uh, Hudson Wolf with a dead period expended through July. Does he commit by mid-June, late June? Tennessee in a good spot with Hudson Wolf. Hudson Wolf's talked to Austin about doing something in November at one point in time. What do you think his timeline is right now? I still think it's sometime in June. Okay. Um, you know, having talked to him, you know, a week or two ago, uh, and he told me that, you know, he'd like to get something done in the next month. Um, you know, I, I think that that's still, uh, still the timetable. But, again, you know, you just never know. Tyrell Ingram Dawkins was going to come in on that Sunday night two and a half weeks ago or almost three weeks ago, never did it. He was committing here. Then he was going to commit in, you know, at the end of June on his birthday and then tells me the other night, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I want to take some visits. So, I mean, you just never know, um, you know, how, how a kid's recruitment's going to play out. It's fluid. Things change. Sometimes a kid's going to wait forever and then decides, boom, got to get in the boat now. Sometimes a kid says he's doing it now and then waits forever. So, You like where Tennessee is right there? Still? I think, yeah, Tennessee has, has moved into a good spot there. I, I, would, I do not discount Ohio State. I think it, – to me, it's Tennessee or Ohio State. Um, I don't think anybody else is really in play. I don't think he would go to Alabama. And I don't think he wants to go to Ole Miss. All right. For Jesse and Rob both, they give the top five defensive linemen Tennessee are in on and have the best chance with. Because we know – look, we know Tennessee's losing seven defensive linemen in this class. Or, or Yeah, in the senior class. They've got some guys there that may slide in, Jesse, you know, some committed guys. We'll see where they – where does Trinity Bell ultimately end up playing at Tennessee and those types of things. But but who are the top priorities on, on the board? Peyton Page. Well, Dawson, and, and, and don't forget, I mean, Washington is a guy that they think very highly of. Right. You know, already in the boat. Um, but, I mean, they're still swinging for Ritzy. Now, that it's a long shot there, but they're still swinging for Ritzy. Uh, but as AP, you know, noted earlier, I mean, they feel like they're in a good spot with Peyton Page. They're just trying to, you know, nestle out the, uh, you know, runner-ups there with Clemson. They're swinging for Taylor, but I think most believe that, you know, he's still kind of a, a, a lean to Florida. And and Dawkins is a guy who this staff got in on early and, and continues to feel like uh, at, at, you know, minimum they're, you know, in a – two-team race, three-team race, but feel like they're in a good spot. You know, again, he, 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 would, he was going to pop for Tennessee just 10, 12 days ago. Travali Price, is that still alive? Travali Price is still alive, and he's kind of a, you know, hybrid outside. Edge guy. guy you know, Daryl Taylor. But, I mean, that kid weighs 255, 260 pounds. So, I mean, he's going to be, you know, a guy that, that, that can, you know, play with his hand down or stand up. Um, you know, and, and Tennessee, I think, is in a good spot there. To me, it's Tennessee or NC State. 
NC State has offered the brother, you know, um, you know, who's not an SEC type player, um, you know, a scholarship. Tennessee's offered the, the brother a preferred walk-on spot. So I think a lot of that depends on, you know, I think what a lot of people miss too in all that, Brent, is, you know, when, when a new coach comes in, he has the right to not renew scholarships. So like if, if, if Dorn is out at NC State, you know, uh, after next year or, or, after the, or the year after, a new coach could come in and say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not keeping you. I mean, and that happened at North Carolina. Mac Brown did it at North Carolina and got rid of a portion of the kids over there. It's happened at several different spots. So I think that that's, you know, something that has to, you know, bear watching if you're the Trevally Price family as well. Trinity Bell, I mean, is he just just in love with the idea of playing offense? Because he looks like a monster. I mean, he looks like a kid. Tight end's a sexier position to a guy like Trinity Bell than defensive line. Because you get to catch touchdowns. He should, if he I was should check some I NFL say, contracts for defensive tackles. If I was Tennessee, I would tell Trinity Bell that he can he can play some tight end when they get inside the ten, and yeah. and you'll catch some touchdowns. I mean, he looks he just looks like a guy who could weigh two hundred ninety five pounds and in a, in a heartbeat and and be a monster in the middle of the line. I don't think there's any doubt that, that his body could certainly do that without too much work. Uh, Austin is is Ossovat still swinging with the Robinson kid in Maryland, or you think that ship is completely sailed? to Maryland? Oh, I mean, he's still swinging. I mean, you know, Tennessee's swinging on all the guys that they've missed out on, you know, I mean. But that's a COVID deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, why not? You know, why not keep swinging there and, you know, see what happens? But, uh, you know, again, unless Maryland just goes out and just lays a complete egg this fall, you know, it's hard not to see him ending up there. All right, um, Rob. It, who, if anyone, takes on that alpha role, leader, alpha leadership role that Admiral Lamonte have occupied the last couple of seasons? Seems like a team full of great kids, but more passive pot, uh, personalities. Who's the guy who holds everybody accountable on this team? Hold on, Hubs. You got to say the person's name. That we need that as as VolQuest listeners. I need to know that. You know that was that Vol was fan nine seven four said that. Ah, uh, that was Trey. Go go ahead. There, Rob. Yeah, I really, no, that, that's that's a great question. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to it right now. I mean, because I mean, you you look at the upperclassmen on the state. I mean, folk, I don't think Folky's really that guy. Uh, Eve is not really that guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that that is a very good question. I mean, it, it's a freshman can't do it, but the most alpha dog personality on the team is going to be James Brigger next year. But he's not somebody that is going to be able to hold, you know, 12 other guys accountable. So that's a – I mean, that, that is a really good question. And, I, I mean, I think that's something – you know, I think Rick would like for that to be John Fulkerson, but I don't think that that can come to pass. So that, that that's going to be – that's going to be something to watch. And, and, no, I don't have an answer for you. I can't look at that team and, and say he they, – they don't have an Admiral or a Grant personality on this team. So it will be something – it will be – Really interesting to see how that evolves. All right, rapid fire right quick. Update on uh, Smile Munden, the Auburn board saying Tennessee wasn't in it. Where is Tennessee with Munden? Also, Tennessee's priorities on the O-line board, where do they stand with them? Smile Munden, I think we all believe Tennessee's in it along with Georgia. Auburn's trying to be in that as well. Offensive line board, Pennington. Um, my, my man in, William in Nashville, William Parker. Diego Pounds, top three Diego on the Pounds. O-line. Is that the top three there on that board? Yeah, and Amarius Mims, you know. Well, I, you know yeah. th- those are the top four. Okay. 
And then the last question here is from Iron Vol. Where do you see – we talked about this a little bit, but where do you see college football recruiting going? How do coaches balance getting a team ready, trying to get them to win versus in-season visits? When you typically have small numbers, now you're probably going to have big numbers. How will stadium impact, attendance impact the number of prospects schools can bring in? I, to answer your question, Iron Vol, I don't think anybody knows, but I do think, Jesse, it's going to be interesting to see what legislation, regulation comes out about how recruiting is handled in the fall uh, in, in the coming weeks. Because do they move the signing date back? Do they eliminate December because you're not going to have any visits? But then if you wait and there's a second wave, can you even have visits in December? I think it's going to be a really interesting dialogue that takes place among coaches with the NCAA about what's going to be allowed and not allowed in fall recruiting. Yeah, and I, I mean, I also think, that despite dealing with so much uncertainty, I would be pretty darn surprised if they say, if they continue to just push back, push back, push back, and say no visits until December or January. That would be almost, you know, you're looking at nine, ten months between kids being on campus. Well, that would, um, to me, eliminate the early signing period because I don't think anybody, even if it was open, I don't think people would sign in December. A few, a few would, but I don't think, I just, I, I think a lot of kids would hold off. The ones that have question marks that, that, that aren't 100%, I mean, I think some kids would sign in December, but I think it would be a lot smaller portion than in the last if there's, if there's, if there's, if there's a happen in the fall, I think a ton of kids are going to decommit, recommit, whatever, and sign in December. But if there's no – if there's if there, if visits are, are uh, prohibited, then, then AP is – That's what I'm talking right. about, yeah, if yeah. they're prohibited. Yeah, if there's no fall visits, I, I just don't know who – I don't know how many kids sign in December. If there's some fall visits, then I think the teams that have loaded up on commits are probably in, in better shape, even though there'll be some commitments. I think they have their base of things, you know, done. I think the one element of it too, Rob, is how's a high school coach going to manage all this stuff w with their kids, you know, in terms of – I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to get through a high school season. You're worried about your kids and everything that you do there. And all of a sudden that guy says, hey, I'm going to take a visit the next five weeks of my high school season. You know, how does all of that take place? What happens if did, they open it up? Did you it find up? it odd, Brent, that they that they they instead of just saying it's a dead until August thirty first, they said July thirty first. I guess we're just going month by month, but I mean August has always been dead because, as you just pointed out, the high school kids are preparing for their season, the college kids are now preparing for their season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where they, you know, they're going to do it month by month, and they're feeling, you know, about hey you know, if we don't start allowing some visits in August, when are you going to start allowing visits? Because you don't know what's going to happen in, in November and December. I mean, you just don't know what it's going to look like. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating for football and for basketball on, on what you can do visits-wise. Because fall visits in basketball, Rob, are huge. Very important. And I, I mentioned this in the war room. They're talking about, I mean, you know, there's – been no live evaluation period for basketball. There's supposed to be two weekends in April. It's supposed to be three weekends coming up in, in July. None of that is going to happen. I've heard some people say that it's going to happen and they're going to move it to August and September. I mean, that that's coming from the travel circuit side, people that I talked to over there. College coaches that I've talked to are like, you know, if it's in August and September, that's that's horrible for us. Our kids are back on campus. We're working with our team. In September specifically, we're trying to get kids on campus. You know, they're going to play, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to play the, the, the Nike Peach Jam on, you know, on September 20th? One of those, you know, that would be a huge visit weekend all over the country. And I, I, it's very, it's going to be really problematic. And 
I think it puts him – it kind of works to Tennessee's advantage if they do do that because they got so many kids on campus that were juniors last fall. When you're talking about Kennedy Chandler, um, yeah, you know, I, I continue to look at, at, at Paolo Banchero as a long shot, but, I mean, they're in there. But Jabari Smith, who they got on campus back in, uh, in, in March. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very problematic for, for basketball in particular if they're going to make that evaluation period in, in August and September. And right now it all just remains an unknown, and that's the biggest answer is you just don't know yet. So we'll have to wait and see. Hey, in East Tennessee, you need a reliable heating and air system designed for your home and our climate. You need a team that's trained and held to the highest standards. You need solutions, not sales pitches. Call our good friends at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com and, and listen to all the great reviews that they've got out there on their website about everything that their company does for their customers. Veteran-owned, family-operated. When you need a new system or major repair, Blue Water isn't going to send out a salesperson. They're going to send out an expert who's going to come to your home, lay out the options for you that include repairing the system you have, replacing the system with one that's affordable, upgrading your energy efficiency, improving your indoor air quality. Anything you need, you can find it out at Blue Water Climate Control. Give them a buzz at 865-299-2290 or visit them at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Remember, Blue Water Climate Control is an authorized dealer of American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. For Austin Price, Jesse Simonton, and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you on Monday on the Rocky Top Rewind.